0: are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast, I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. So today, I believe the message corresponds to what we've been talking about. I titled this message, Think Correctly. Think correctly. I believe that proper thinking is in order. We need to think correctly. We can, if we get thinking crosswise of the word of God, we can get ourselves into all kinds of trouble. And there is evidence from the north to the south to the east to the west of such an occurrence happening in people's lives. And a lot of it is because they just think incorrectly. But God's going to alter our thinking today, I believe. I believe if we'll pay attention. I believe that you came here today with a heart that's open and receptive for the word of God. Amen. You have ears to hear. Amen. You're not deaf. And if you believe that Satan is trying to hinder the word, then you come against him right now. Speak to him and say, you take your fingers out of my ears you get your hands off of my heart. That heart belongs to God. He can't touch your heart anyway. I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about? Spirit of man. Mm-hmm. Not your blood pump. That belongs to God, your spirit if you're born again. If you're not born again, then I suggest please listen to the message. Listen to the word of God. Make a quality decision based on that word and I'd be more than happy. I say more than happy to lead you to the Lord today. Mm-hmm. Amen. Glory to God. Correct thinking. Hallelujah. Let's go over. Well, first of all, I'll just make a couple statements here before we go over to Proverbs. You can, you can go over to Proverbs if you want, 23, while we're, while we're speaking here. <clears throat> How you think will have an effect on who you are. True or false? Pardon me? True. True, true, true. true. How you think will have an effect on who you are. Are how we think is very personal brothers and sisters no one can force you to think a certain way we must be persuaded through teaching influence and personal experience we know that to be true correct nobody can really wrestle you down and make you and pour things into your head you have to come by that through knowledge, through learning, through experience, through personal experience and through, through teaching of others. That's why the word of God is so important. That's what it's all about. It's to get you and I to change the way we think, to change the way we view things. Because if we live according to the world's standards, the world has a totally different viewpoint on life than what the word of God does. Am I correct in that? Yes. Can I get a witness on that? I'll tell you, there's things that are happening out there that are a long ways off the word of God. And sad to say, brothers and sisters, that a bit of this is creeping into the church. It's creeping into the body of Christ. And it's because I believe that we're saturated with it. It's all around us. And if we will use any other jumping off point, any other foundation, any other truth other than the word of god we're going to get into trouble and i think that's where i think that's where the problem is is because you know what a lot of people just aren't paying attention they just aren't paying attention they're just going through life and including the church sometimes we're that we have that same problem we're just kind of one step after another just kind of going through life trodden through it all getting by not really not really standing and stepping up to what we really should be amen not really paying attention to what's really important. Go over to Proverbs. If you got your place there. Uh, Proverbs 23. Proverbs 23 and 6. Eat thou not the bread of him that hath an evil eye. Neither desire, desire thou his dainty meats. Don't pay attention to everything else all around you here. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Uh, I'm going to repeat that. This is Proverbs 23 and 7. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Is this an important scripture for us to pay attention to? Perhaps you're here today and you never heard this before. Perhaps Perhaps you never really took stock of the way you do think this scripture is something to, for us to grab a hold of and open our eyes to for as he thinketh in his heart so is he is there a possibility brothers and sisters that you and I could be thinking incorrectly is that a possibility that in this room there's a few of us that are thinking incorrectly we got things crosswise Not getting too many amens. Want, you, nobody wants to persecute themselves, eh? This is not a court of law in that sense. Huh? <laughs> it's okay to admit that when you're not right on target. We need to start doing that right off the bat. We need, to, we need to admit that we just don't have it all. We just don't know it all. We need some improvements. There's room. There's room to, get impro- to have improvements in our lives, brothers and sisters. There's room for us to enjoy the blessing in a greater fashion. Amen. Now this is what I think. And I believe. That for correct thinking, we need to turn to the greatest instructional book there is on the face of the earth. And that is the Bible. Now, that should seem like a very simple statement. That should almost seem like, what's that mean? You know what I mean? Like, isn't everybody? But that's, the, the truth of the matter is, very few people nowadays know anything about the Bible. They may know that at Easter time, Jesus rose. And they may know that at Christmas time, he was born as a baby. And for some, that's about as far as it goes. They have no idea that the living God cares for them. They have no idea that they could have a personal relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. They have no idea that God is for them and not against them. They have no idea that God is not bringing destruction in their lives, but He wants to bring blessings. They have no idea of that. The reason they have no idea of that, brothers and sisters, is they're not paying attention to the word of God. Now, let's not get all pious about this because there could be a few of us that aren't paying much of attention either. There could be a few of us that just aren't listening to what God is telling us. We may listen with our ears and let it go into our head a little bit, but we don't act upon it and get it down in our hearts. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. You can have thoughts that come across your head through your mind. They can be good thoughts or they can be bad thoughts. That's not where the real difference is. If it's a bad thought, you pull it down. If it's a good thought, you ponder on it. I said if it's a bad thought, you pull it down. You get it out of your mind. You speak to it. You pull it down. You don't, you don't, you don't uh, entertain it. If it's a good thought, then you begin to entertain it and ponder on it. Look it up in the Word. See if it's with the Word. Good thoughts. Good thinking. Hallelujah. We need to really pay attention to what we're supposed to be doing, brothers and sisters. Because it's making a difference. One way or the other, good or bad. There's people that we're rubbing shoulders with that if they would just pay attention to what maybe you had to say, (laughs) they could go from being pompers to being princes. I, I, I said in the first service, I said that Joyce Meyer had a good message and that message was from the pit to the palace. That's a good message, brothers and sisters. Because the message is on Joseph. And how that Joseph, even though some terrible things happened, even by those who, loved, who he, he loved, terrible things happened in his life. He went from the pit to the palace. And, the re- and one of the things I can guarantee you that happened in his life was that he had some right thinking. He had some right thinking. He had to think correctly. He had to remember the goodness of God. He had to remember that God was for him. He had to remember to hold his tongue. He had to remember to hold back his anger. He had to remember just to care for those around him and to lean on God. Otherwise, he'd have never made it. Amen? From the pit to the palace. Hallelujah. The greatest instructional book, the Bible, is where we turn to. Let's go to Matthew 15. The book of Matthew, 15. Now there's, what I believe the Lord showed me on this. I believe there was three, I mean there's more, but the Lord emphasized these to me in reference to our thinking. And number one, where we're going to view here in Matthew in a minute, was disobedience. If we get incorrect thinking, we can easily get into the avenue of disobedience. Another, human reasoning. Wow. If we start getting into the area of human reasoning, can we ever get into trouble in reference to the Word of God? We can think incorrectly in that area for sure and bring about all kinds of negativity in our lives. And of course, the third being fear. Fear will stop what God wants to do in our life every time. Do you agree? And we're going to go into the word and we're going to open up these three areas and we're going to just, we're going to see where that could be applicable to us. Because after all, this is all about you and me. This word is for you and me here today. There's nobody else hearing it. I mean, perhaps somebody will hear it off of a a, disc or, you know, off the internet or something later, and that's for them. But right now, what's happening right here, right now, God wants to talk to us right here, right now. He's got a plan. And he wants to see us come into the blessing. Into the blessing, brothers and sisters. We are not pompers. We are not lowlifes. Do you realize that we are the children of the king? We're children of a king. Let's just think about that for just a second. You and I are princes and princes. We are a prince and princesses. What does that entail? What does that mean? How should we think? If you're a child of a king, would you act like a, a prodigal? Would you act like the prodigal son if you're a prince or a princess? A king? Child of the king. Would you carry yourself with a certain certainty and a certain confidence if you were a child of the king? Do you think Prince Andrew carries himself like a nobody? And why should he? Isn't he a child of royalty? What about you? Are you not a child of royalty? Come on, that's what the Bible says. You and I are children of the not only we're not children of an earthly king. We're children of the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He's our father. Oh, my goodness, brothers, if we can ever get this. If we can actually ever come to the place where we understand who we are and what has been what the price has been paid for us and what it belongs to us. Come on. We are joint heirs with Jesus. You know are an heir is? Has anybody here ever received an inheritance? I have. I received that inheritance because I was an heir. And it was given to me. I did nothing for it. I was born into the family. That's all I did. I was born into that family. And my parents and my relatives blessed me with an inheritance. Brothers and sisters, you're born into the family of God. Joint heirs. With Jesus. So that means that what heaven has is yours. What heaven has is mine. See, we've got to come into a deeper understanding. We've got we to really open our eyes and stop every day thinking how bad we've got it. Or stop always thinking that we're not going to make it. We've got to change our attitude. And the only way that'll ever happen is if we begin to change our thinking. We got to change our thinking. And we got to get it right. And we got to get it in line with the word of God. Matthew. 15. Then came Jesus. Then came to Jesus, scribes and Pharisees which were of Jerusalem, saying, Why do thy disciples transgress the traditions of elders, of the elders? For they wash not their hands when they eat bread. But he answered and said unto them, Why do you also transgress the commandment of God by your traditions? For God commanded, saying, Honor thy father and thy mother, and he that curses father or mother, let him die the death. But you say, Whosoever shall say to his father or his mother, it is a gift by whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me and honor not his father and mother, he shall be free. Thus have you made the commandment of God of none effect by your tradition. Now, unless we've actually kind of dug into this and studied this a little bit, we may not get this. We may not get what Jesus is really saying. And you might not get it by just going through a couple of different versions uh, uh, re- and renderings of the word of God. But when you dig into it deeper and start studying some of the commentaries and things, you'll understand what Jesus was saying here. And it's very, <laughs> it's, 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 it's very cool. It's very neat. Because what Jesus was saying here is, first of all, brothers and sisters, to honor your father and your mother didn't mean that when they ask you to do the dishes, you say yes. Or when they ask you to take out the garbage, you say yes. And whatever else they say, you say yes. That's not what that's really That's obeying your parents and the Lord. Okay? Which is true. And that's right. That's a good thing to do. Obey your parents. But what he was talking about, he was talking about that when your parents come into a ripe old age, that you will care for them and look after them and keep them. And there was a tradition back in that time, a tradition that if you as a child gave your money to the church, to the temple, to the, to the work of God, you gave your lands and your monies that that was great and good and that you didn't have to honor your parents, but rather you were honoring God by your gifts. And you didn't have to honor it, your parents. In other words, putting all your coin Told to the church and not looking after your mother and father with money, with substance. That's what he was talking about. And the Pharisees and the scribes said, that's okay, you've given it to the church, you've given it to the work, you've given it to the ministry, you've given it to the work of God, don't worry about your parents, everything's fine, you've done. It. Now, because of your tradition, you have made the word of God of no effect, which states that you should honor your father and your mother, that it would be good for you and it'd be well for you, and your days would be long upon the earth. You see how the tradition of men had made the word of God of no effect. In other words, mankind had said their way it should be, their religious way of doing things, had turned the word of God and gave it no power. And Jesus said, that is wrong. Wrong thinking. Disobedience. You see, we can get, if we don't watch it, we can get off in those, some of those little traditional areas. Now, I spoke about a couple this morning. And one of them is, you know something? In, in, in our society, just about everybody believes that they're Christian. They believe that, that no matter really what they do, God loves them and they're just Christians. Well, God loves them, that's true. But uh, the Bi- that's not what the Bible says. The Bible doesn't say that you get to heaven by just being into a fam- born into a family or into a church. That's not what the Bible says at all. The Bible says that Jesus said to Nicodemus he says except a man be born again he cannot even see the kingdom of heaven. What's that? What'd you say? No, I, Jesus said that except a man be born again he cannot see the kingdom of God. Oh no, uh, I thought if I was just born into a family that I'd be going to heaven. I thought if I was just a little baby and sprinkled, I was going to heaven. No, that's not what the Word of God says at all. You see how the traditions of man, you see how man's way of thinking gets involved here and starts to make the Word of God of no effect? You see, brothers and sisters, we need, we need to realize our sin. We need to realize that we need a Savior. And we need to ask the Lord Jesus to forgive us of our sins. And we need to ask Him to come into our heart And to set us free and to save us. That's what the word of God says. And then what will happen is. You will have what's called the new birth. Your spirit man will be born again. Your your spirit man will be changed. And you will be born into the family of God. And heaven will be your home. And the inheritance then will be yours. You see how just a couple of ways of incorrect thinking. Can set the whole basket over can turn the whole thing around so that people aren't living in the blessing. And we wonder why our society is having so many problems. There's a lot of people out there that look like they're doing well, but deep down inside, they're having a hard time. And the sad thing about it, I've watched it, and I've lived some of it too, but I'll tell you, it's getting in the church. It's creeping into the body of Christ. And that is because we're not standing strong for the word. We're letting people around us dictate to us how we should think. Based on their personal experiences. Based on the way they think. Based on their opinions. Instead of being based on the word of God. Isn't that the truth? You'll hear it every day. You tomorrow, if you pay attention with you when you go to work, you will, you'll pick up on this really fast you'll have an understanding right away that the people around you, most of them, have no idea about the Word of God. They'll curse God. They will not give Him a time of day. They don't believe it's important. Well, after all, we are a modern society and we have far more knowledge now than we did back in those days and we really don't need the kind of crutch the Bible brings. See, that's bad thinking. That kind of bad thinking gets people in the wrong place. It's hard sometimes to swallow, but it's the truth. That is the absolute truth. Disobedience. Let's go on. And then Jesus said, but in vain you do worship me, teaching for doctrines of commandments of men. In other words, they were worshiping God and, and making big shows of their worship, and it was all in vain. It meant nothing, because it wasn't based on their love for God. It was based on their outward show and their traditions. And he called the multitude and said to them, hear and understand. He's got something important to say. So he bids them in. Come, listen. Not that which goeth into the mouth defileth a man, but that which cometh out of the mouth. This defileth a man. Then came his disciples and said to him, knowest thou that the Pharisees were offended after they heard this saying? But he answered and said, every plant which my heavenly father hath not planted shall be rooted up. Let them alone. They be blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind lead the blind, bolster shall fall into the ditch. Then answered Peter, and said unto him, Declare unto us this parable. And Jesus said, are, you, are, are ye also yet without understanding? Haven't you picked up on what I've been talking about here, Peter? Do you not understand that whatsoever entereth at the mouth go out the belly and is cast out into the draught? But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart. As a man thinketh, so is he in his heart. We're getting something here, aren't we? We're finding out that as we think, Gets down in our heart after a while. Now, what's happening here? Look at this. But those things which proceed out of the mouth come out from the, forth from the heart. There they defile a man. You know what the word defile means? Polluted. Your septic tank is defiled. For out of the heart proceedeth evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, theft, fault witnesses. In other words, lies. You're a liar. Blasphemies. Those things come out of a man's mouth and defile him, pollute him, get him out of the area of the blessing. Remember we said that these, we've got disobedience, fear, or human reasoning and fear, and any one of these things or all of them will hinder the blessing. You know, in our society now, it is becoming socially acceptable for you to live with a partner um, and not be married. It's becoming socially acceptable for you to sleep with some, not just sleep, but have sex. I mean, there's a difference here. (laughs) To have sex with an unmarried partner. That's becoming socially acceptable. If you went to work tomorrow and huddled around your buddies and you told them of an experience They wouldn't stone you. They'd probably go, oh, well, good night, eh? It was a good night, was it? You see how it's become sociably acceptable to do these kind of things. And this, do you know what sleeping with your girlfriend or your boyfriend is before you're married? Do you know what that is? That is called fornication. That is wrong. Having sex before marriage is wrong. Yet in our society... It's not really even frowned on anymore. At one time, you'd be ousted out of town for that. But now, you see how the way of thinking has changed? You know, it's almost socially acceptable now to be a little bit of a thief. Just as long as it's not too bad. Get away for a little bit, as long as you don't get caught, right? No, no, no. There's one in heaven that watches your every move. He knows if you're stealing or not. You do not get away. With nothing. See, that's kind of sociably acceptable now. It's kind of sociably acceptable to tell a white lie. That's acceptable, right? After all, it wasn't didn't hurt anybody. It's just a little white lie. No, lion's lying. That's false witness. It's become sociably acceptable just to tell a few lies. Do you know where liars are going to spend their eternity? The Bible says in hell. Liars go to hell. You see how... That these little traditions, these little, these little ways of thinking, even though they might just start out small, how that they're growing and getting and, 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 and producing and how that they're changing people's way of looking at the word of God and how that it's actually creeping in to the body of Christ and we are thinking crosswise of the word. We got to stop it. We got to stop it. We got to change. We got to get back to what's right. All of us. Me too. I gotta quit thinking some of the ways I think. I gotta change. I gotta turn around. I gotta make it different. I gotta pay attention because there's more than just me here at stake. I got kids. I got a wife. I got brothers and sisters around me. I got people to influence. I can influence them good or bad. Do you think I want to stand before the Lord? And he stops me and says, John, what's your legacy? What did you leave behind? Was your children did your children serve the Lord? Did you do what I asked you to do? Or were you all about yourself? Sad to say, I've done more for myself. See, I've got to change. I've got to quit thinking that way. I've been duped. I've been suckered in. I've been pulled in by society and the way society thinks. No, we've got to stand up. We've got to stand up for what's right. We're going to say, enough's enough. We're going to obey the word of God. Disobedience. Let's go over to Luke 5 for human reasoning. The book of Luke, chapter 5. We'll start at 1. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him, talking about Jesus, to hear the word of God, he "he stood by the lake of Gennesaret, and saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land so that and he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, in other words, he was done with his proclaiming, his proclamation, his teaching. He was done with that he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. Nets. In other words, get your ship out, put it out into the water, drop it down, drop your nets down. Get those nets ready. We're going to get some fish. Get them nets ready. Now Simon answered and said to him, Master, you can almost hear his tone here, we have toiled all night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, Thy word will let down the net. Singular. Singular. <laughs> now, you'll have to go into the King James to find that, incidentally. You won't find that in all other editions. They'll say nets, too. But the correct rendering of that, I believe, is that it is net. Now, that throws a whole different light on it. And like I said in the first service, one S can make a huge difference. I'll tell you, when you, when you start thinking about Abraham and his seed... Not his seeds. What was his seed? What was the seed? It was Jesus. So one S can make a big difference. Talking about Abraham's seed. So now, here we got Simon Peter, who incidentally is a professional fisherman. He's no goof. He's been out there fishing lots. Understands the Galilee, which is the largest freshwater body in Israel. He's out there at nighttime, which at nighttime they fish because the fish. Uh, come up to the service closer, better for them to fish in the Galilee. So they understand that that's the best time to fish. But here's Jesus, who has not a fisherman at all. He's a carpenter, pounds nails. Telling me, a fisherman of many years, how to catch fish. But anyway, what I'm going to do here is I'll just appease him. (laughs) Nevertheless, Lord, at at your word, uh, I'm going to take this net and pop it down in the water here because he thought it was kind of humorous. But his human reasoning was way out of whack. Mm-hmm. And you know, the Lord loves us. And there's, you know, there's times when we get our human reasoning into things. And because he loves us and cares for us, he'll bring us part of the blessing anyway. I mean, he wanted to get us more, but our human reasoning got in there and he blesses us, us somewhat anyway. Mm-hmm. You see... Simon Peter used his human reasoning and said one net is sufficient because we're going to get nothing. But really, the Lord Jesus wanted to bless him with an abundance that he'd never even seen. Get your nets. What happened? They put one net down, got so many fish that the darn thing broke. Had they put many nets, what would have happened? Come on, I think we can all figure that out. huh? More nets, more fish. You see how human reasoning can get in and how it can cross go crossways of the blessing? Just the way we think. We start thinking wrong. All of, all of a sudden, God couldn't do that for me. I, I'm not worthy to receive that. That, that. that would never happen in my life. That's not for me. Oh, no. If the word of God says it, it is for you. If the word of God says it about you, it is for you. The blessing is for you. The victory is for you. Let's pay attention to what the Lord is saying. Let's let him bless us in the fashion he wants to. Let's bless his heart. Do you know that when my father gets a blessing to me, he rejoices? Do you know that? I know my father. When I will take the time, To seek him out. To find his will. To search out his will. To act upon it. And to receive. Woo! He loves it. Because he likes to see his children be blessed. And I am his children. I am one of his children. Glory to God. No difference. No difference for you. He doesn't respect me any more than you. No sir. Not a chance. You are just as blessed as I am. You are just as victorious as I am. Glory to God. It's for us all brothers. It's for us all sisters. Hallelujah. Isn't that exciting? When you stop and think about it, that the one who created the whole world, the one who created all of the universe, is on your side. Who can be against you? There's nothing that can be against you and win. Human reasoning. Do not allow it to get in to your thinking. When the Bible says it, it's right. When the word of God says it, it's true. It's for you. It's for me. We can stand on it. We can go for it. And we can see results. Because it'll happen. Every time you and I will stand on the word of God and not waver. Not sway back and forth but stick right to it. It'll come every time. Blessings. Next one. Fear. Numbers 13. Let's go over to Numbers 13. Go over to the Old Testament here and get a little bit. Glory to God. Isn't the word of God good? I'll tell you, it, 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 it blesses us such. It's like, it's like having a nice big dinner, isn't it? Huh? It's like having a nice big dinner. It, it, it starts to fill you up inside. And starts to start, you start to get strong and you start to get so that, Whoa, when I go out of here, I'm going to tear the devil to bits. Well, that's good. You let the word of God do that because he's building strength. That's what he's doing. He's building, your spirit's getting stronger. You're, you're, you're starting to see things. You're starting to, you're starting to realize that, you know what? I can start to act on this. I, I know I can start to, I can be a winner. I can make a difference. Amen? Oh, I got a couple guys. Hallelujah. A couple of you agreed with me. Well, that's okay. It's a slow process sometimes. We go along here bit by bit. Eh? Glory to God. We're trodden through a little bit of ground, but that's okay. We'll get there because we're not going to give up, are we? We're not going to give up. We love sound preaching. We love the word of God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hmm, It's good. Numbers 13. And we'll start at, uh, let's start at 25. And they returned from searching of the land after 40 days, talking about the 12 spies that were sent out, Moses had sent out. Uh, Actually, the the, the people came to Moses and they said, you know what, we've got a plan here. Why don't you send one from each tribe? We'll go out, we'll check out the land, see if it's worthwhile. Moses said, that's not a bad idea. Take one from each tribe, go out and check out the land, see what it's all about. So now they've come back. And they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh and brought back word unto them and to all unto all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land now that was good fruit it was good and they told them and said we came unto the land whither thou sentest and surely it floweth with milk and honey and this is the fruit of it but, nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land. And the cities are walled, and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there, and the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites, and the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea, and by the coast of Jordan, We're bummed out. And Caleb says... Oh man, here's a man of God that we got to pay attention to. Ah, he says, and Caleb still the people. Hush, hush, listen, I got something to say. And he still the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. (laughs) Ain't that a different tune compared to the other one that was being played just a minute ago? Isn't that a different tune? Night and day. But. Oh, there's always that word, but, eh? But the men that went up with him him said, in other words, the other ones, we be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land, the Lord said, which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, the land, though which we have gone to search it, is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, bugs. And so we were in theirs. Wow. 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 You get the picture of the fear? You get the picture? Is it, starting to, is it starting to resonate a little bit? Could there be a chance it's pertinent to us? Two out of 12 do the math, brothers and sisters. That's 17%. Is there a chance that only 17% of this room actually obey the word understand the word willing to walk in the word could that be hey or has, or has society changed so much nowadays that we're so much better than they were it, 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 have we gained in so much knowledge and that that and and are we that much stronger than them that that we are that much better or could we really take should we really take a stock of ourselves Could there be that there's a chance that perhaps there's a few of us here that ain't pulling it off, that ain't getting it? 17%. Two people out of 10 that really got it. Joshua and Caleb. Two people, or out of 12, I should say. Do you know that it took only 10 men to destroy a nation? Ten men destroyed a nation. And they didn't do it with guns and knives. They didn't do it with archeries and all kinds of other weapons, swords. They did it by one thing. They allowed fear to get into their heart and they dispersed that fear throughout the people of the land. Do you know what the Bible says? God said, I'm tired of it. That's it. That's it. This generation here will not go into the land. That's it. These 10 times you've, you've, you've disobeyed me. I'm talking about the 10 men. These 10 times you have brought an evil report before me. That's it. Only your little ones who didn't know the difference between good and evil, they're going in. Not you guys. Moses, not even you. You're not going to make it. You made a mistake. Now, if Moses didn't make it, do you think you and I should part and maybe perk up and pay attention to what the Lord is saying? Hey, come on. Come on. Ten men destroyed a whole nation. What about if we turned that around? What about if we got that in a different fashion? What about if we had ten Men in this room, 10 women in this room that would honor the word of God and change their thinking and be a blessing to this area. Well, if 10 men can destroy a whole nation, probably around 3 million, they figure, somewhere around that area. Maybe it would be a little less because you know some of them were younger too, but about, roughly about that. Do you think maybe there's a few of us in here that if we got the truth, Acted upon it, changed the way we thought about the people in this area, that we could, do you think we could change? You know, there's about 14,000 people, roughly say, 14,400, whatever, in this area. So if 10 men destroyed 3 million, could 10 people who would go for it, do you think they could help set 1,400 or 14,000 free? Doesn't that kind of make sense to us? I mean, if we're talking math here, that should work. Because we're in line with the word of God. We're not praying amiss. We're not talking amiss. The Bible says that he's interested in this community. He wants to touch the people where we live. But you know what? He needs some workers. He needs somebody that's going to change their way of thinking and start to care for people. You see, our problem is, mine included, is we care a lot for what's right in our little world. Our little world, me, myself, and I. And we tend to have a hard time stepping out of that. We tend to have a hard time to say, okay, let's step back for a second and let's take a look at the people around us. How are they doing in comparison to what they should be doing? Are they all born again? Are they all living in victory? Are they all prosperous? Are their children and their families all healthy and on their way to heaven? Do you know that they say about, well, the census said about probably about 80 or 85% of the the Coal Lake community is Christian. And out of that, only 2% are Pentecostal. And out of those 2% of Pentecostals, how many of us are actually paying attention to the Word? Come on, because we know it ain't everybody. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking that we got some room to move here. Mm -hmm. I don't think we're boxed in, friends. I think we got some room to let the Word of God spill over and spew over on a few folk. Mm -hmm. Eh? Yeah. What's hindering us? What's stopping us? We know the truth. We don't have to answer that at all. We know it inside what's going on. And quite often, it's just the fear of man. How am I going to look? How are people going to think of me? What are they going to perceive? How are they going to read me? What if they reject me? (laughs) Well, I guess to be honest with you, if mankind rejected us, it's a small, small thing in the light of God accepting us. (laughs) Amen? Look at who we've got for us. My goodness we're blessed. My goodness we're blessed. There's a lot of areas where we can get into fear. But God is bigger than every one of them. His word is greater than every one. Truth is greater than fact. Remember that. Remember that. Truth Is greater than fact. The fact is. You may not be feeling well. The truth is. You're healed. The fact is. You may have a hard time paying your rent. The truth is. Let the poor say the rich. The fact is. Your children may be walking crosswise. Of the word of God. The truth is. Household salvation is for you. And you have authority over your family. You may not have authority in every other's family's life. But you got authority in your own family's life. you got authority over your children. And I'm not talking about just yelling at them. I'm talking about praying the prayer of faith over them. Laying your hands on their bed when they're not around. Praying over them. Binding the devil. Telling them, you're not going to take my children. You're not going to destroy my marriage. You're not going to lay sickness and disease on me. Mm -hmm. Brothers and sisters, the minute that you sense evil, which is sickness is evil. I don't care what you say. There's no good sickness. Sickness is evil. You sense that coming on you. You rise up and you use the authority that's been given you. You're not standing in your own arrogance or your own power. You're standing in the power of the living God. Which the word of God says. Do not accept sickness and disease. For Jesus said. I am the Lord that healeth thee. James says. By his stripes you were healed. The price has been paid. Now you. Take what's rightfully yours. Which is healing. Don't expect it just to fall down on you. Like a ripe grape. You got an enemy. That wants to buffet you. But he's not as strong. Nor is he as great as the word of God. There's many times that I haven't felt it and the facts in my life look pretty sad. But I said, no, 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 you don't, Satan. No, no, you're not, you're not getting away with this. Now, I'll speak and stand with my shoulders squared right at him and say, by the power that's invested in me through the word of God, I bind you, rebuke you, and I command you to take your hands off of my body based on the scriptures of the word of God. Now, from that point on, I walk it out. It may happen in 30 seconds. It may take 30 days. I had problems with my knees for a long time. I decided I am not going to receive it. It started before I started coming back to the Lord. I bent down one day. I was a young man. I bent down one day and my knees locked and I had to fall on my back. From that day forth, something went on. It just kept getting kind of worse. My knees would pop out. I do this and it. You know, I'd do something to my knees would pop out. I said, I am not standing for that. Mm-hmm. I had prayer for that, those knees. And things didn't just change right away. I had plenty of opportunity to side in with the symptoms. Mm-hmm. But I chose not to. I chose to do what the word of God said. I chose to stand for what was right in my life. I chose to receive what Jesus had done for me. And today, my knees don't pop out. Is that any different for me than for you? Why should it be? You mean God loves John Camp more than you? I don't think so. I don't think so at all. He said he's no respecter of persons. You are as important to him as me or anyone. He loves you. You're his blessed child. And he wants to get everything he can to you. Yes, Lord. The Lord just spoke to me about you young folks. And he said, you know, it's hard for you guys because there's a lot of things that want to come against you. There's a lot of pressure against you to do wrong. But he said that if you'll just give him an inch, he'll take a mile. Learn what's right. Learn the word. He loves you. You're special. He's got great plans for you. Great destiny. All you got to do is side in with Jesus. Just side in with Jesus. Let no man discourage you. Thank you, Lord, for the angels that are watching over each one of you. Hallelujah. He loves you. You're special. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hmm. Well, well. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes on to the Father but by me. We're looking for life. We're looking for truth. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Let's leave this place today and bear that in mind that we're going to be diligent to follow the word of God. We're going to be diligent to do what he's asked us to do. We're going to turn from the evil. We're going to turn from all those things that want to draw us away from the kingdom of God. And we're going to turn to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Mm -hmm. Amen. And I would say that we would see a difference in this community if we would do that. Mm -hmm. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Well, you've been great. I want to pray before you go. <clears throat> and incidentally, if you need any prayer, if you're that person I talked about that doesn't know Jesus, listen, he loves you. He wants the best for you. But you need to meet him. You need to meet him. If that's you, come see me. Glory to God. We'll, we'll, we'll lead you in a prayer. You leave this place a different person. Leave this place born again the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. If you've got any other need, you come on up. Pastor Hayward's here. Pastor Lance, myself. Glory to God. We'll, we'll, we'll do what you want. We'll, we'll pray for you. We'll, we'll stand with you. We'll, we'll believe God with you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Father, we praise you for your goodness and your mercy. We thank you for your word. And Lord, today, we've learned some things. And Lord, we, it's, it's our desire to change our way of thinking. We want to change how we think, how we view things. We want to line them up with your word, Father. We want to make sure that we're not disobedient. We want to make sure that we don't get human reasoning involved. We want to make sure that we don't allow fear to enter into our lives and destroy what you want to do in our lives. Mm-hmm. So help us, Father. Draw us by the power of your Spirit. Even send labors across our path yes, to bring, be able to uh, encourage us in this truth, through Father. Help us that we'll go out into this community. Give us strength, Father, to make a difference that we would help us to care and have a compassion for those around us, that we would view them like you do, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. God bless you. You're a wonderful people, a peculiar people, a people (laughs) blessed of God. Hallelujah. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Coley Community Church, a place where families come together.